0: Hello and welcome, I'm Debbie and this is episode 15 of Your New Puppies podcast. So this is part two of a two-part series where I'm talking about what your options are for places or people who can take care of your dog when you can. So if it's a vacation or just a long day at work Chances are at some point you're going to need some help. So if you haven't listened to part one already, I talked all about facilities. So commercial buildings that you bring your dog to and they take care of your dog. This episode, I'm going to talk about pet sitters. So individuals that come to you and to your home to take care of your dog. So I'm actually going to jump right in. So I'm going to make the assumption that you did listen to episode one, because I don't want to repeat myself too much to save some of your time. Um, If you haven't listened to it, you just got to listen to like the first five minutes. That was the intro, and then you should be good. All right, so let me jump right in. So pet sitters are individuals or a small group of individuals, usually self-employed, that will come to your house and take care of your dog. And whatever that means, they'll walk your dog, they can just let him outside in the backyard, they'll feed your dog, they'll give the dog fresh water. And if you are on vacation, if you're out for a longer period of time, a lot of them will also do some house-sitting chores, like bringing in the mail, taking out the garbage, things like that. They might charge an extra fee, so that's definitely something to ask. But most of them, since they're already at the house, they will do those type of things for you. There's also a small group of pet sitters that will take your dog into their home. And I'm going to talk about them in a minute. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that I was going to be getting there. So the reason why I like I like pet sitters, like even if you you know, have a facility, have a daycare um, or a boarding place that you like to bring your dog to, I like having a pet sitter in my back pocket as well because they're really versatile. Because sometimes you just need somebody to stop by and let the dogs out because you had a late night at work or a night in the city or a family party that you're just gone for the whole day. So you just need somebody to come in, let them out, maybe feed them, and you might not need to actually bring them to a place to board them. So it's really... It's really a nice option to have. If you do work, you know, a nine-to-five job, they will come to your house every day, Monday through Friday, and walk your dog, give them some extra stimulation, give them some extra exercise. You don't have to worry about that as much when you come home from work, and that can be a little bit of a relief. So pet sitters are great, first of all, if you don't mind somebody coming into your home, and... If you have maybe an older dog or a dog that doesn't have as much energy and is really happy just being home, that way he doesn't move from the, the place that he's that he's comfortable with and somebody comes and if they come often enough, they're very comfortable with them and he, you know, he gets his needs taken care of. Now, if you have a super high energy dog, he's probably not going to get the exercise he needs if all you have is a pet sitter stopping by a few times a day. So it's something to think about. It can also work if you have multiple dogs. In fact, I used to do home visits. I used to go to people's homes and do exactly what I'm talking about. And most of my clients, the majority of them, had two dogs. So most pet sitters, including me, don't charge if you have two dogs. They might if you have three or four. But if you just have two, they don't charge any extra. But if you go into a facility, they're going to charge you for two dogs. Like you're going to have to pay double their rate maybe with a little bit of a discount, but it still gets expensive. So you have two dogs, you know they get along, they'll keep each other company while they're in the house. It might actually be cost-effective for you because in general, pet sitters, because it's a more of a personal service, it is it can get more expensive. Also something to think about. One other thing to be aware of before I talk about the pet sitters who will take your dog into their home, sometimes with these pet sitters who come for their visits. It's not always the same pet sitter. So some of them are actually a small company, a small group of pet sitters that kind of share their clientele. That way they have a wider area. And the real plus side to that is if one of the pet sitters can't do it, then they ha- usually have a backup. So whether it's, you know, one pet sitter is booked up, well, they have a backup. Or if something happens to one of the pet sitters and they can't make it to their visit, there's always a backup. The downside is that you might not have the same person coming to your house every single time. And that may or may not matter to you. It really depends on your dog. Like for me personally, my dog Mariah is very sensitive to strangers. She takes a while to warm up to people. Once she warms up to you, she's the biggest mush in the world. But before that, she kind of she kind of acts indifferent to you. So having different people who she's, having somebody she's not used to coming to walk her, might cause a problem for me. So because of my situation, I try to look for single pet sitters who I know it's going to be them every single time. But for you, that might not matter. So as I've already mentioned, uh, I want to talk briefly about pet sitters who will board your dog in their home. So this has become a very popular option. It's what I do. It's how I started in the whole dog industry. And This has become very popular because of sites like Dog Vacay or Rover.com, which at the time of this recording, I believe they have merged. So it's actually only Rover.com. And I'll leave a link to that in in the show notes because they are a resource. And anybody can put themselves on that site and say, hey, I board dogs in my home. They don't have to be like a professional pet sitter. And what's nice is that those websites usually take care of the insurance, which I'm going to talk about in a second. And, you know, you have some protection as the dog owner, but that just means you really got to vet the people who are going to be taking care of your dog. Now, you might find somebody who does this as a hobby. Maybe they're somebody who works from home or somebody who's retired and just doesn't have their own dog. You could find a spectacular neighbor who does this just as a hobby, not professionally, not as their main job, and you can be completely happy with them. But you can also get the other end, if you know what I mean. So just the vetting and the questionnaire, which I have another one for this episode, just like I had in for the facilities. I have one for you um, for pet sitters. So I'll I'll explain that later on as well. But what's nice about this is it's like having a friend who watches your dog, but you pay them. So that guilt of asking your friend to watch your dog is alleviated because, well, you're paying them. It can definitely vary from pet sitter to pet sitter, like what they do, what goes on in their home. But most of them, you know, the dog just lives with them for the week that you're gone or however long that you're gone. Some of them have their own dog. Some of them don't have their own dog and only board one dog. So if you have a some a dog that's not dog friendly, you could very possibly find somebody to take your dog because they only board one at a time and they don't have their own dog. Great, great option. And some of them, like me, will board multiple dogs. So that's where a phone call and lots and lots and lots and lots of questions would come into play. So just like in episode 14, where I gave you a little questionnaire to call up the facilities and ask them certain questions to get you an idea of what your dog's day would look like, how they handle emergencies, things like that. I did the same thing for pet sitters. Now again, you don't have to use these questions. They're just kind of give you a starting point or an idea of of things that you might want to know or be aware of. Add your own questions, take out questions of mine that you don't like, and then I also gave you room to to take notes about each pet sitter that you talk to, both the ones that come to your house and pet sitters that board in their home. So once you once you find the pet sitter that you like, then there should be a meet and greet involved. So either the pet sitter comes to your house and you have a little a little consultation or you go to their house depending on where your dog's going to be staying. And it's a great way to meet them in person. Do they give you a professional feeling? You can see how they interact with your dog. If you're boarding at their house, that's very important because then you get to see their house, see where they're going your dog's going to be staying, see where they're going to be staying, see see if the place is clean and meet the pet sitter in person. So especially because you're, you're dealing with, you know, somebody who's self-employed, a small business, you know, somebody's going to be coming into your house or your dog's going to be staying at their house. It's really important to make sure that they're insured and bonded. So what that means is if they're insured, usually that involves if the dog, if your dog gets injured in their care. So, and if, and it was their responsibility. So if your dog happens to get sick, while you're away and the pet sitter's watching him that's not covered but if your dog gets out the front door and gets hurt or for some reason gets out the front door and bites somebody like well, that should be covered under their insurance bonded really is only for the pet sitters that come to your home because that's if you suspect that they stole something so pretty much any any service that that comes to your home when you're not there like you know a cleaning service They should be bonded. I didn't really go into this when I talked about facilities because I felt that with facilities, it's a given, which maybe that's me being a little optimistic, but the pet sitter realm isn't as regulated. So it's important to ask those kind of questions just in case. Okay, so once you meet them, once you interview them, then just like with the facilities, I'm going to suggest that you do a test run. So maybe it's a couple visits during the day, maybe it's an overnight, either at your house or at their house. You know, it's a time where you're easily available, then you can get an idea of how your dog reacts, how your dog enjoyed the stay or, you know, having the the pet sitter come visit. And then when it is time for you to leave, say go on a week's vacation, then you're going to feel a whole lot better about it. You're not going to have that anxious worry. You're going to always going to miss your dog, but then hopefully it'll alleviate some of that anxiousness and that worry. So one thing I forgot to mention, which I'm just going to mention right now before I give you some resources to find a pet sitter, is some of the pet sitters that come to your house will stay in your house overnight. So if you're not comfortable with your dog sleeping in their house overnight, they will. It's very expensive. I'm going to warn you now. It's probably the most expensive Type of dog care I've seen, but they will do that. There's a lot of them that will stay in your house overnight with your dog. Okay, so some resources to find pet sitters. I already mentioned rover.com. So you're gonna find both professional pet sitters. And when I say professional pet sitters, I mean people who do this full-time. Like this is their gig, this is their job, this is how they make a living. And then there's petsit.com, and pet sitters.org. Both of those websites are like National Association of Pet Sitters. So they had to pay a fee. They had to go through a pretty rigorous exam because I had to do it myself to become a member of these organizations. So you know that these guys are serious and they're the, like, the professional of the professional pet sitters. Okay. So those are some great resources for you. And of course, your neighbors, your friends, your fellow dog people, they're always great resources as well. Okay, so if you want to take a look at that questionnaire, I split the questions into two different categories, one for pet sitters who come to your home and one for pet sitters who board in their their home. So if you want that questionnaire, you just have to go to the show notes. It's playtimepause.com forward slash episode 15. So that's playtimepause.com forward slash episode one five. And as always, you can leave some comments, leave some questions if you would like in the show notes as well. And I look forward to talking with you again. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to your new Puppies podcast. Learn more about us at playtimepaws.com.